This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by The Vision Driven Leader, Michael's new book on why vision matters, especially in times of crisis, and how you can create one that's compelling, clear, practical, and inspiring. Pre-order your copy today at visiondrivenleader.com. Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt-Miller. And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. And today we're going to clear up some confusion about a question that many business leaders are having right now. Should I be charging or should I continue to charge for my products or services during a time of crisis? Yeah, this is something that increasingly is popping up on social media and just kind of in the conversations that are happening in the world right now. And that is so many companies are offering free products and services. In a way, it seems great because one of the things that our country has suffered from from, for a long time is a lack of unity, right? I mean, we have been so divided, um, not thinking about one another's needs, not caring for one another, all that kind of stuff. So the idea that we have a sense of a common enemy, that we're all in this together, that we're trying to help each other through it is really a great thing. And I think a lot of business leaders and business owners feel like one of the ways that they can contribute to the solution is to to help alleviate the burden that people feel um, with economic impacts of what's happening. So they're offering things for free. So, you know, as you're kind of watching this happening, if you're trying to make these decisions for how do you respond in your own business, you may be really confused. You may feel a lot of pressure. You may feel even shamed by people if you're trying to still charge for stuff. Um, And at the same time, like all of us, you're trying to figure out how do you move through this and sustain your business during um, these uncertain times. And so you're kind of looking at the tension between cash flow and also wanting to make a contribution and be part of the solution to the recovery and and just the coping that people are trying to do during this crisis. Okay. So before we get into it, we want to bring Larry on and introduce him to this conversation because he, of course, as always, leads us through the conversation. Larry? Good to see you. Hey, guys. Yeah, good to see you. Hey, Larry. Hi, Megan. When I say see you, I mean see you virtually. <laughs> That's right. Because we are recording remotely, doing everything remotely now like everybody else. Okay, so I've been buried in this crisis uh, in, my, in my own parts of the news cycle, and I haven't actually heard this one. Where is this coming from, this idea that you shouldn't be charging people? Yeah, I'm seeing it from a couple different sources. First, there are some very high-profile entrepreneurs that are talking about this on social media, almost bragging about it. They're making all their content available or certain products available for free right now. And so that puts a lot of pressure. You know, maybe they've got the cash reserves. Maybe they've got the wherewithal. Maybe just the very nature of their business is such that there's not really any cost involved because maybe it's a digital product or whatever. And I I think it probably flows from a good place. They're trying to be generous. But there is that pressure from sort of these celebrity entrepreneurs that are doing this. The other place is, from our followers or from people on social media that may be commenting, if you're running ads on Facebook, for example, this is where we're seeing it, where people are kind of shaming us and saying, you know, how dare you? I had somebody on Twitter just the other day that said, hey, you need to knock it off. I was promoting my new book, which, you know, is supposed to come out in a couple of weeks. They said, you need to knock it off. This is not a time to be promoting your own products. And, you know, of course, I immediately felt shame and made me uh, evaluate everything I was doing. And I said, Actually, that's wrongheaded, but that's really what we want to talk about in this episode. But I think that's where it's coming from. I'm very interested in this, Michael, because with my background and my way of thinking, I would 
probably tend to sympathize with that uh, high profile guy that's given his stuff away. I would be tempted to do the same thing. So I'm very interested in hearing uh, these three reasons. And let's get to reason number one right now, which is this. It doesn't help the economy. Yeah, this is a really important one. So um, I think the impulse to give stuff away for free and and really in doing that, not only kind of comfort people, but alleviate the financial burden that people are feeling right now as the economy is so volatile. Um, first of all, that impulse is great, but the impact of that is very negative. So, you know, for sure, there are so many businesses right now that are struggling mightily or have already had to shut down, you know, people in the hospitality industry, travel, cruises, hotels, things like that, restaurants, um, you know, uh, gyms, movie theaters. I mean, the places where people have to congregate for their services or products to be delivered have been hit really, really hard. Um, the problem with giving things away for free is that when everybody gives everything away for free, the economy grinds to a screeching halt. We already have enough challenges in that department. You know, there are, there are so many things that we can't control that are already at a screeching halt. What we need to weather this storm and come out on the other side to recover is economic activity. And economic activity really occurs when someone creates value and someone else recognizing that value is willing to trade their money for what they perceive to be something that's even more valuable than their money. And so what we need right now is for people to create... Um, valuable resources, valuable um, products and services that are relevant right now to the crisis that we're in so that that can lift all of us up. Um, but when we're giving stuff away for free, we're just taking money out of the economy. And, and the truth is, is that there are many, many people who still have access to the same resources that they did prior to this crisis. Nothing has really changed for them. Their paychecks haven't been cut. They haven't been laid off. Um, you know, those kinds of things. They still have money to spend. They may be more cautious, but they're not in a position of financial hardship yet. They're in a position of fear. And those are not the same things. You know, sometimes economists use the metaphor of blood in the body. And that's how I think of cash circulating in the system. Once that circulation stops, bad things start to happen. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Megan, you know, this, this isn't the, the end of the world. And there are lots of people, the vast majority of people have yet to be economically impacted by this. They still have money to spend. They're still getting a paycheck. You know, it's business as usual. The only thing that's changed is their psychology. And the problem is, is that our psychology is in large part what props up the economy. You know, we we live and work in, in a psychology economy. It's not just, you know, a physical thing or even a digital thing with money, but there's this psychology, the sense of confidence about the future, the sense of certainty about what's taking place that drives the economy. And so each of us have our part to play, but if everybody just starts giving away free stuff, that puts on pressure on everybody and the whole con economy comes to a screeching halt. And frankly, from my perspective, the economic impact of this is far more frightening than the health implications. The health implications are driving it. That problem's got to be solved. I get that. But the long term is going to be the economic impact. And we have a choice as to whether we're going to mitigate that or we're going to contribute toward it. And I think that entrepreneurs in particular are the ones that are in the driver's seat right now because we drive, according to you know the U.S. government, at least in the U.S., 80% um, of all jobs in the U.S. are provided by entrepreneurs. And so if we stop selling our stuff uh, and we just give it away for free, you know, you can't, that's just not going to be sustainable. You can't yeah. do that for a very long period of time. 
Well, the truth is the only reason that we're, for example, able to give so many things away for free, we we certainly have free resources and we're not saying you shouldn't give away free resources. We're just saying don't do that exclusively or to your detriment. But the way that we're able to do that is because our paid products really allow us to have the staff that we need to produce the things that we produce for free. You know, if suddenly we didn't have any revenue coming in, I mean, it wouldn't be long before we wouldn't have, uh, we wouldn't be able to sustain the staff that we have and therefore we wouldn't be able to contribute to anyone free or otherwise. So I think that's an important point to remember. I mean, this stuff is all connected. Not only that, but, you know, you have a team right now that you're responsible for. In in our case, we have 40 families that we're responsible for. If we were to give everything away or our most valuable products and services away for free, what would that do to them? Um, You know, we're, we're responsible to continue to the best of our ability to provide those opportunities for the families that um, are in our stewardship. And we take that really seriously. So all we're kind of saying is you want to carefully consider this um, and maybe it helps to put it um, and, you know, kind of frame it up in terms of examples that we're all familiar with. So one that I was thinking of earlier was Instacart or Shipt. You know, those are two grocery delivery services. I think there are others as well, but those are maybe the ones that we're most familiar with um, where you pay a membership fee and they will bring your groceries from your favorite stores. You know, I think they serve a handful of stores each. And, you know, if all of a sudden Instacart kind of looking at the plight of the American public said, hey, we know it's really hard to get groceries right now, guys. And in fact, in some places, it's dangerous for you to go out and get groceries depending on your health situation and, and other things. And so we just want to waive the membership fee for Instacart. And we're not even going to have you tip the shoppers because um, we know that adds 10% or more to your grocery bill. That's not something um, we want you to have to undertake right now. So uh, we're just going to make this available to you virtually for free. Well, the truth is Instacart is an incredibly viable business right now, and they're going to be part of the economic recovery for sure. If they were suddenly to become not profitable and had to shutter um, their business, that would impact all of us, right? Yeah, totally. And I think that's where we, we've got to get over this idea that there's no such thing as a free lunch. Somebody ultimately pays. I mean, if, if you look right now, we're, we're doing this podcast with Larry, who's one of our senior writers on our content team, with Nick, who's producing this show. You know, we're paying them to be involved with us in producing this free content. But the only way we can continue to do free content is something else in the business has to generate money that makes this possible. Mm-hmm. So I just think that sometimes too often people in their glee for free stuff or maybe even in their envy or frustration with big corporations, you know, they think, well, we should have, they demand more free stuff, but there's not just, there's not no such thing as a free lunch. And mm-hmm. I know, you know, that's kind of become a, a trite thing to say, but it's, it's really true. You know, this discussion puts me in mind of something that then president George W. Bush said, uh, I believe it was right after nine 11 where he encouraged people to go shopping and spend money because he was concerned about this very thing, that a national crisis would cause people to tighten up, not do the things they would normally do, and that would have a detrimental effect on the nation's economy at a time when we really needed economic strength. So that's a, that's a fascinating point, that we have to keep the money circulating. And just to add one more point to it, you know, the last thing we need is more people unemployed. You know, we went into this crisis with a robust, unbelievable economy. I mean, honestly, the best economy I've seen in my entire career. And much of that was that we had such phenomenally low uh, unemployment. But if suddenly the unemployment 
rises because people are giving away too much free stuff and can't stay in business, that makes the recovery just that much more difficult, makes the hardship, puts that much more stress on government agencies to provide for people that can't provide for themselves. So I think it's the duty of everybody to do their very best to continue to work, continue to engage in business, continue to buy stuff, more importantly, continue to produce stuff that they can sell where they can create value. So reason number one, why you should be charging for your products and services, even during a time of crisis, is that it doesn't help the economy to give everything away for free. Let's talk about reason number two, is that it doesn't help your customer. This is a little bit counterintuitive because we we come at this from a generous heart. We want to give people stuff. But I've got a lot of experience over the years giving away free stuff. And so one of the things I discovered is that sometimes my generosity got in the way of people's transformation. Let me explain. Uh, we used to do, back in the old economy, you know, up until a week ago, uh, live events. And so sometimes people couldn't afford to come to our one of our events, like the Focus Leader, or back when we were doing Your Best Year Ever, one of those events. So I just give them a free ticket. And I did that a lot, you know, because I get my heart was, I thought if they could get into the event, that it would be huge for them and would be helpful for them. But what I found is that the people that didn't pay, didn't pay attention. I want to say it again. If you don't pay, you don't pay attention. So the people that got the free stuff were the people that didn't show up, you know, for some reason, they just didn't show up. For a second reason, they came late. Or another thing that often happened, they would come late. They wouldn't stay the entire time. And even when they were there, they just weren't focused because they didn't have any skin in the game. Gail and I had the experience, this was a couple of years ago, where we bought tickets to somebody else's conference for a friend of ours that we really felt could benefit from it. And these tickets were not cheap. I'll just tell you, we spent $3,000 for her and her husband to go to, the, to go to this event. Oh my. A week before the event, they pinged us and said, you know what, as it turns out, we're not going to be able to go to that event anyway. We had to eat those tickets because it was too late to get the refund. We couldn't go. We couldn't find anybody else to take them on short notice. And it, I, I promise you, if it had been their $3,000, that would have happened. So I learned the lesson the hard way. Sometimes when we're trying to, to help people, when we give them free stuff, and, I'm not, and again, I'm not talking about essential services like food and shelter and some of those things, but, but some of the things that we give away to people, you know, like if you give a free course away, if you're in the online course business and you're giving a free course away, you might want to do that for strategic reasons, but by and large, those will get downloaded, put on a disc, and never, never used. I can affirm that from my own experience, Michael, because because of the various positions I've held in my life, I've gotten a lot of free books. Uh, people would want me to read their book for some reason, or I would be seen as a gatekeeper for the congregation I was serving. And the book I was least likely to read is the one that I got for free. So true. <laughs> so I get them true. all the time. Publishers send me stuff all the time, you know, hoping that we'll have the author on uh, this podcast. And by the way, if you're that person, you know that we don't have guests on this show. So what that says to me, when a publisher or somebody else sends me a free book and wants the author on the show, I said, well, they've never listened to our show because they would know if they did that we don't have guests. So anyway, I'm going to go on a diatribe here <laughs> if I'm not careful. But, but yeah, I get those free books all, I mean, literally every single week, and I hate to say this, but those go automatically to the public library, or at least they used to, because I don't have an interest and they're free. And it's not something I bought myself. But if I buy the book, much higher chance of me reading it. 
reason number one why you should be charging for your products and services, even now, is that it doesn't help the economy to give things away for free. Reason number two, it doesn't help your customer because they don't tend to value things that don't cost them anything. Let's move to reason number three. It doesn't help you. So the challenge every company has is to try to get through this crisis and get to the other side. I was watching a Matthew McConaughey uh, video today where he said, you know, this is a big red light, but there's a green light coming. So you've got to, you know, have faith that a green light's going to come. And that's really true. I mean, ultimately, that's what's going to happen. But there may be a lot of companies that on the front end of this, they think, you know, we've got a lot of cash, we have a lot of resources, so let's just give stuff away. But it's all relative. It's all relative to how long this crisis lasts. And I don't think just giving stuff away, first of all, it doesn't force you to innovate as a company, doesn't force you to pivot as a company. It's not going to keep your resources stocked so that you can weather the storm if it gets longer. So like in our particular case at Michael Hyatt and Company, frankly, we've got a lot of cash reserves. So we're in great shape going into this. But we can't last indefinitely. Every dollar we earn is a dollar we don't have to take out as savings to put toward you know people's payroll and all the other things we need in a business. So it doesn't help you as a business owner to just give everything away for free. Certainly not a long-term sustainable strategy, but I don't even think it's uh, smart in the short term. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I've also seen happen on social media is uh, local businesses asking people, asking their customers to continue to pay for services or products that they're not able to access right now. So, for example, um, someone, you know, with a karate studio asking their, um, you know, recurring clients to continue to pay for classes, even though the kids can't go to classes. It's kind of like, hey, you know, help me make this through it, clients, by continuing to pay me for something that I can't give you anymore until we can figure out what to do. And certainly there's some benefit in that, you know, over the short term or, you know, please buy gift certificates to restaurants that are now closed um, so they can continue to have cash flow. Here's the problem with that, though. That is really outsourcing your agency as a business owner and as an entrepreneur and as a leader, um, because that is not a sustainable solution. You're actually asking people really for charity and goodwill to kind of hope that that's going to carry you through. And that is really what it is. That's kind of hope as a strategy. Um, unfortunately, hope is not a strategy. What is a strategy is putting on your innovative thinking hat, working with your team to innovate, to pivot, to figure out a new way to offer something that's truly, truly valuable and relevant in this environment, and then ask your customers to pay what it's worth. That's what's needed to move the economy forward and to enable a real recovery effort. It's not going to be people chipping in while, you know, that may have some short-term benefit. It's really going to be finding new things that people are willing to pay for that create opportunities, not just for a business owner, but for their staff and potentially to hire more people. Um, that's how we move forward. Yeah. And I don't see this as a bad thing in the short term. You know, if it helps you get through a week or two while you're you know, putting your thinking hat on and getting busy creating, but it can't be a substitute for that either. So one of the things I've seen that's been awesome, we have a, a friend of ours here in Nashville who has a music studio and it would have been easy for him to just, you know, rely on the goodwill of his customers to keep paying, but instead he pivoted and now he's providing those same music lessons over Zoom. And, you know, that's probably something that needed to happen for a long time and something that may be an innovation that he wants to continue even after we get through this crisis. And that's the thing about a crisis like this that I love. It accelerates a lot of decision making around things that we should have done before. For example, remote working. You know, we've had an experience with that for like 
eight or nine years. It's been fabulous. Our people are so productive. We've developed some agility with remote working and we highly recommend it. There are other companies though that have kind of you know, said, well, we don't really trust our employees or we're not sure we could do that or they haven't figured it out. And, you know, this is going to accelerate and move them into remote working too. And they may discover that actually their their teammates are more productive in a remote environment uh, than they are otherwise. So there's a lot of good things that come out of this if, as a business owner, you're willing to do the hard work. And the problem with charity too often when it's misguided is it keeps people from solving their own problems and really creating the innovation that's necessary to drive the economy forward. Okay, I have a, a question for you on a slightly different tack on this reason number three is that it doesn't help you. I have seen people, separate from crisis, give away products and services as an act of public relations or public generosity to try to build their brand image. And I don't know if that's partly what's driving this uh, movement that you've mentioned so far, but if it is, do you think that works? Does giving away your stuff for free help drive your brand image or build your your platform? Well, in that particular situation, here's what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't give my primary uh, product or service away for free. You know, where I think that does work is when an organization makes a charitable contribution to an organization so that they can actually use that in a way that's meaningful to their constituents. So for example, if I want to give cash as an organization and and I don't actually give anything through my company because I I have a LLC, a pass-through entity, so my charity is the same as the company's charity. So Gail and I are pretty, you know, frankly, liberal with our contributions. But I'd rather give cash so that that organization I'm giving to can translate it into, you know, food in the case of World Vision or care for people that are underprivileged uh, overseas or in the case of, you know, an educational institution like a seminary that I contribute to. You know, if I were to give away my you know, products that might be helpful, but what would be more helpful is if they can take those dollars and use it for scholarships or use it to feed students or house students or something like that. Larry, I do think that you're right. I mean, it, it can be part of a larger marketing strategy, whether that's a time of crisis or not. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean, if, if in giving people um, a, a smaller part of what you do for free can help to introduce them to your brand, no problem. We give stuff away for free all the time. Um, part of the reason that we have Lead to Win is to um, build our audience, to introduce new people to the resources that we have to offer. And there's, there's no shame in that. It's totally fine. I think it's really a question as we look at this whole big picture, it's really a question of strategy. What is your strategy for moving through this uh, economic downturn? How extensive that will become? We don't know yet, but certainly that's already happened. We know that. Um, what's your strategy to get through it? And how does uh, how do your paid offerings and how do your free offerings fit into that in a way that allows you to sustain your business, to continue providing uh, for the people that you're responsible for, and ultimately to create more opportunity for those people, for future people that you could hire that may be otherwise displaced by this crisis so that as a group of entrepreneurs, we can boldly step into the future and help raise each other and the rest of the world up as we move forward. Well, today we have identified three good reasons why you should continue charging for your products and services despite being in a time of crisis. Reason one, it doesn't help the economy when you give things away for free. Reason two, it doesn't help your customer because what's obtained freely is little valued. 
And reason three, it doesn't help you to think through the problems that you're facing and to innovate solutions. Well, this is a challenging episode, guys. You've challenged my thinking on this and made a convert. I'm going to charge for my time now. No more volunteering at Michael <laughs> Hyatt and Company. We'll put you back on the payroll, Larry. <laughs> right? yeah. Final thoughts for our audience today. Well, I hope if you're a business owner or a business leader, an entrepreneur, that you take confidence from this. You know, I think this movement that we're seeing a little bit can certainly ding your confidence and make you hesitant as you're selling. Um, And what we want is the opposite of that. We want you to be bold. We want you to step into the uncertainty. We want you to um, innovate around your products and services so they're more relevant than ever and offer something that's truly useful and helpful to the world right now. We believe that you can do that. Um, So that's that's my hope for you is that you would grab on to this message with confidence and uh, and step out there and charge for your products. And I have a word really for the leaders, for business leaders and entrepreneurs and business owners, and that is expect blowback. You know, when it happens, understand it. You know, it's probably coming from a good place. People are just trying to be helpful. Unfortunately, they're trying to be helpful with your stuff. Uh, be more helpful if they were helpful with their stuff. But uh, realize you're going to get blowback, but don't let it dishearten you. There's a huge difference between the one who's on the field playing the game and the person who's in the stands, you know, second guessing your every move. And so you got to realize that that you're on the field, you're calling the plays, ignore the audience and just try to get, you know, into the end zone. The second thing I would say to those of you who may not be business owners, but maybe leaders in some other capacity, and maybe you've been tempted to judge people who are continuing business as usual or who are trying to sell, I, I just would say to you, don't be that guy. You know, don't try to shame other people. In fact, I would say go out of your way to thank the entrepreneurs in your local community who are who are struggling, who are staying up, trying to figure it out, who are uh, probably experiencing a lot of anxiety, who are having sleepless nights, who are sacrificing, trying to keep it all together right now. Those people are the key to our future. And the more that you can do to encourage them, the better off it's going to be for our country, for our world and for you individually. Michael, Megan, thank you very much. Thanks, Larry. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Megan. And thank you guys for joining us today. We'll see you right here next week. Until then, lead to win. This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by The Vision Driven Leader, Michael's new book on why vision matters, especially in times of crisis and how you can create one that's compelling, clear, practical, and inspiring. Pre-order your copy today at visiondrivenleader.com.